Good morning. It is Tuesday, the 13th day of June, 2023, in the year of our Lord. It's my daughter, Mary Catherine's birthday. Happy birthday, Mary Catherine. She's 21 today, and she better be listening. (laughs) Well, it is Tuesday, and you know what that means. It means tacos. It's Taco Tuesday. Getting into the heat of summer, it's a day to sow for a great awakening. And you know that every day that we sow for awakening is a day in the future when awakening is actually growing and flourishing. Let's begin with our prayer of consecration. Deep breath. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. To you. Jesus, we belong to you. Praying in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our entry today is called A Practice Swing at Predestination. Our text is Romans chapter 9, verses 6 to 15. Hear now the word of the Lord. It is not as though God's word had failed, for not all who are descended from Israel are Israel, nor because they are his descendants are they all Abraham's children. On the contrary, quote, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned, unquote. In other words, it is not the children by physical descent who are God's children, but it is the children of the promise who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. For this was how the promise was stated. At the appointed time, I will return and Sarah will have a son. Not only that, but Rebekah's children were conceived at the same time by our father Isaac. Yet, before the twins were born or had done anything good or bad, in order that God's purpose in election might stand, not by works, but by him who calls, she was told, the older will serve the younger, just as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. What then shall we say? Is God unjust? Not at all, for he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. The word of the Lord. Now consider this. The Bible is at the same time both super accessible and very complex. Sometimes the plain reading is the right reading. Other times, the plain reading can tend to obscure the better reading of the text. 
Chapter 9 is such a text. Over the centuries, the plain reading of this text seems to point to what has come to be known in church history as the doctrine of double election predestination. The notion that God has predetermined that some will be eternally saved while many more will be eternally condemned. Despite some of the smartest people in the room as its advocates, the doctrine inescapably posits a caricatured monstrosity of the God of Israel and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Consider these two verses as illustrative of the point. Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. All of this is too much to take on in the wake-up call over morning coffee, and I'm perhaps unwise for even opening the door. Yet the text, being what it is, I felt obliged to at least take a practice swing. It brings us to one of the general rules from our How to Read the Bible Better class. We must read the verse through the lens of the whole of the Bible, rather than reading the whole of the Bible through the lens of the verse. In chapters 9 to 11, Paul takes us on an odyssey of biblical interpretation and understanding. For starters, he asks no less than 20 questions in these chapters. He quotes from the Old Testament some 30 times. The clincher, however, comes with the key term he repeats in some form eight times. That word is mercy. The story of the Bible, which is the true story of the heavens and the earth, is the story of the unrelenting mercy of God. The overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God, as the song says. It is the story of a God who calls out to his broken image bearers from the day we hid from him in the garden of his delight to the day he cried out from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And it is finished. And every day since. It is the story of a God who walked into the darkest night of his people and shattered the shackles of their slavery and, quote, split the sea so we could walk right through it, drowning our fears in perfect love, as the song says. This God, our God, is on a mission that can only be described with the word mercy. It is a mercy so comprehensively intense he has identified and bound himself up with us forever in history and eternity. Say it with me, church. 
For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16 God has thrown open the doors of his kingdom and invited everyone inside. The door is Jesus, and he ultimately chooses all who choose him. Though many will not choose him, he wills and works that all would. And he's given us one job, to participate in this most merciful work of redemption. The prayer. Abba, Father, thank you for your mercy, which is over all your works. Thank you for giving mercy a name, Jesus. Thank you for swinging wide the door of your kingdom to sinners like us who you are making to be saints like him. And thank you for imbuing us with Jesus' very magnetism, the Holy Spirit, who draws people to you through us. More of that, Holy Spirit, more. And thank you, like Peter said, that you are not slow to keep your promises, but rather patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. We choose you, Jesus. I choose you. Thank you for choosing me. Praying in Jesus' name. Amen. And the question, did I come down too hard on the five-point Calvinist today? If so, I apologize. They really are some of the greatest Christians in history. Are you motivated to join the mercy mission of Jesus more now? In our hymn today, we're going to continue in this next hymn festival with one of the greatest hymns of all time, A Goat, a G-H-O-A-T, greatest hymns of all time. The Church's One Foundation, it's hymn number 388 in our seedbed hymnal, Our Great Redeemer's Praise. We'll sing one, two, and three. The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. She is his new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride. With his own blood he bought her and for her life he died. Elect from every nation, yet one o'er all the earth. Her charter of salvation, one Lord, one faith, one birth. 
One holy name she blesses, partakes one holy food. And to one hope she presses with every grace endued. Though with a scornful wonder we see her sorrow pressed, by schisms rent asunder, by heresies distressed. Yet saints their watch are keeping, their cry goes up how long, and soon the night of weeping shall be the morn of song. Amen. Two more verses left on that one for us. It's one of the greatest hymns of all time. The church is one foundation. And, you know, it's good for us to keep singing these same hymns uh, day after day because they're so dense with revelation and instruction that it needs to sink in deeper and deeper until we're actually really singing them from our heart. That's the beautiful thing about hymns is they have a way of of renewing our minds while expressing our hearts at the same time. But that does take time. So, um, yeah, thanks for singing with me out there. Well, this week, everyone, I am actually making the move. I've been talking about. I'm moving to Arkansas, to Gillette. That's G-I-L-L-E-T-T. No E at the end. And I'm asking you for your prayers. My youngest, Sam, has come down to Houston to help me. We're loading our truck and moving this week. So many things are up in the air, like where I'm going to put my things (laughs) before my parsonage is going to be ready. Uh, I'm looking forward to to being there and to starting to sow for awakening in this small town. So definitely could use your prayers. Pray for for me, for my family. Um, I'm trying to take my four children on a little bit of a vacation before this all starts too, and they're all all four in college this year. So um yeah, a lot is a lot is happening. And um pray for let's just be praying for great awakening. We need it everywhere. We need Jesus um uh, awakening his church everywhere. Start with me, Lord. That's the first prayer. Start with me. Get your seeds together. I've got mine. We'll be sowing on the road this week. You'll be sowing wherever you are. Let's just get them out everywhere we go with everyone we meet. I'll see you on the field. For The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend, leave us a rating, and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. 
Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.